It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast on this episode. The Utes put the beat down on the T-Birds of Southern Utah University, and we look ahead as the Utes take on the Aztecs of San Diego State. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, hey, Utah Nation. And Scott. What's up, boys? Hey, I'm just glad to see you guys in shirts today. I know you both went to the stadium with your paint body paint on. Wow. How long have you been working on that intro? <laughs> Since that hit the news... <laughs> He literally Monday afternoon. He literally read it word for word off of his laptop. <laughs> I still have the glue on. I'm I'm impressed with how perky I am. Some crazy, crazy stuff going on in Rice Cycle Stadium. If you read the the local news, uh, you'll kind of get that reference. But Utes had their first home game. We'll jump into it. They put the beat down. Game day at Rice Seckles. I want to get into it right now. Boo. That was a mess. We're starting out of the gate, huh? That was an absolute mess. From start to finish. Where do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> should, we, should we start at the gate? <laughs> Jeez. I don't know how you guys, because we all came separately, so I don't know your guys' experience. For me, the line was forever. And I get up there, and they go to scan my phone, and it's not scanning. And so the guy was just like, just go. <laughs> he just let me in. He never scanned my tickets. I think he had had enough of it already. Well, the, first of all, they didn't have enough scanners. They didn't have all the gates open. They didn't have enough personnel, which may be an issue because of the staffing issues. But, oh, come on. I mean, when you've got your home opener they do this six times a year, guys. I know. Six times. No, every home, every first home game, it's always this messy. I was in line for 10 minutes at gate F, and it's just a mass of people. Get up there, and there's three scanners working, three gates. I'm like, no wonder it takes 10 minutes to get in. Did you go through the no bag line? No, because my wife had a uh, bag. Did you go no bag? I didn't even see a no bag line. I did see a no bag line, but the bag line was going so much faster. Well, I shouldn't say so much faster because it was still slow, but the no bag lines were moving more slowly, faster, slowly. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't either. It went, they're still very slow, but they went faster than the no bag line, well, which doesn't make what, sense. What we didn't realize is it was actually faster getting into the stadium than moving through the concourse <laughs> to get to your seats. <laughs> That that that's, that's I mean, a and, fire and, hazard. And, and I that's, swear. that's nothing new, right? This has been going on forever at Rice Eccles. The concourse are just not they're not wide enough. Um I don't know. I don't know how you solve it without bulldozing and expanding outward. Outside of that, I just don't know what they're gonna do. If they do that, our ticket prices will go up again. Oh my heavens. <laughs> but it's it's a disaster. Well, I think there's some things you can do, like get rid of because we're sitting in the north end zone. Get rid of the pop up red zone store that they have like a trailer for. Yeah, but that's not really in the way. What's in the way is well, all the I concourse think it's the lines. Yeah, or the, the waiting in line for the food. Like the concession interrupts the flow yeah. of traffic. Yeah. I mean, I, I stood in traffic. I went out in the second quarter, and I was out there 35, 40 minutes to get to get two hot dogs. And there's no TVs, so you, you don't even know what's going on in the game. And you just constantly have people who are trying to get through the through the concourse, but going just through all these lines, it's just constantly a mess. And the thing, the thing that just drives me nuts is you literally... Don't see any, nothing being done year after year. They're not trying anything. 
It's like they just say, hey, we'll just keep jacking up your Crimson Club donation, jacking up your uh, your season ticket holder, um, you know, rates. But at the end of the day, thanks for coming. I will say the, Deal only, with it. the only thing they have done is years ago, do you remember they made the concourse in the north end zone like a one-way direction? And that was, and that didn't work. Well, yeah, that was during the exit of when was the game the was exit? over. They would okay. make it one way, but it was still, it was still really bad. And, and I, I think part of the concession problem is the people they have running it. And this is nothing against these teenage girl cheerleader drill team, whoever they are, coming for their fundraisers. But these people, they have to get. They're new training, new people, how to run the cash registers, how to get the food ready. and Oh, yeah, because they're not paid employees, right? They're like, no. it's fundraising for, yes, like you said, like cheerleaders fundraising, or volleyball youth, or soccer Youth teams. leagues, youth teams. The youth should find a better way to get them the funds that they need and hire real concession people and I, not run out of food. Oh, <laughs> they ran out of chicken 15 minutes before kickoff. Yeah. What? Yeah. Before kickoff? Before kickoff. 15 minutes before kickoff, they, they were at a chicken. They didn't even <laughs> put pretzels, take pretzels out of the fridge and start putting them in the warmers until halfway through the first quarter. <laughs> I ordered one. They're like, well, they're still cold. This is our podcast, right? So I'm, I'm sure people love our complaining, our griping over it. But can we talk about now game atmosphere the whole lighting of the torch thing is so <laughs> oh bad. Gosh. You know, that's that's you probably loved it, Scott. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Basically, they're asking for magical chance to light <laughs> a torch. I mean, let's be honest. I, it's one of the dumbest things I've ever is. heard. I love that they have the torch. And they're oh, utilizing yeah. it. Oh, it's yeah. great Olympics. for night games, but during the day, it kind of loses really its luster it. a but little bit. But the whole get. The louder you chant, it's going to light. I mean, come on. And they, they weren't even in sync with what the video board was saying, what letter to chant. No. It was just, it's bad. Like, what they, they could just do a hype video whoever, and then get Whoever's it in charge of game operations at Utah has not been good for a while now. No. And I've been thinking about because I know some people have thrown out, like, especially after the Florida trip, like, traditions that we need to start in Rice Eccles. And honestly, I don't. You can't force that kind of stuff. No, it it needs to happen organically, and this is forced, and it's bad. Like okay, like I was thinking about it, bad the bad moon rising thing that like, just happened. Fans love it. Yeah. Okay. We're in the north end zone. I think it's like the north and west side on first downs. Right? They do like the one, two, three Utah first down, and they do the mm -hmm. the hands off. Like that just kind of started on a whim years ago. And that's like a great game atmosphere. It's all these like quirky, like little Mickey Mouse stuff that they try to do, like the drums. It just doesn't work. Or, or we have a cannon that's been awesome for how long? For and now decades. we just throw it away because we finished the south end zone. There's no room for it, apparently. Oh, please. There's plenty of room for that tiny little cannon. I'm not a fan of Utah's leadership currently in Utah athletics. And... And I think it's becoming very clear. There's not a lot of people who uh, are enjoying the leadership currently. No, and I think it'd be one thing if prices aren't where they're at, but we're as season ticket holders, we're we're playing paying a premium for those for our seats, and then on top of that, the crimson donation that we're required to make. With all that, you kind of expect a little bit more. Well, and 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 here's the thing. From from my standpoint, man, I just I love going to games. I'm gonna to continue to go to games and like I don't expect the world, right? Like I wanna be I wanna see a fun product out there. I wanna have a great experience and a fun atmosphere, which typically happens. And for the for the for the most part, in the stadium, the the environment and atmosphere is good. It's the stuff outside when you, the concourse, the gates that make it difficult. Well and and I, I think at the very least, I understand there's limitations of what they can do just based off space on the concourse, right? There's only so much that they can do. But but they're not trying but, anything. But, but that's my point is let's try some things. S try some things to alleviate some of these problems instead of putting your head in the sand and hoping 
People are going to continue to pay what they're paying and deal with it, right? I mean, show a little bit of effort. Hey, we're listening. We understand. Hey, we understand nobody can get on their cell phone and look anything up. We're going to work on that. But no, that nothing gets addressed mm-hmm. there. Nothing gets addressed with with traffic in the concourses. And it's just year after year of just nothing. And at some point, fans are going to get sick and tired of it. Or at some point, when Kyle Whittingham retires and Utah football is not a top 25 team year in, year out, fans are going to say, I'm not paying for this. That's when it's going to happen. And mm-hmm. right now, the product is good enough for people to deal with stuff. So when it becomes six and six or five and seven or even seven and five, people are going to get fed up with the prices they're paying for what they have to put up with outside of that. Yep. Just, you know, and I think, I think we're being quite pretty fair, to be honest with you. Again, not expecting the moon. No. Just no. show a little bit of effort. That's all. Well, and this is, I mean, this is minor too, but myself and, my brother-in-law, who sits right in front of us, both paid to get the cushiony seat backs on our seats, which we have for years. Lo and behold, neither of us had our seat backs when we arrived at the game. I emailed it's that dang Sasquatch. <laughs> I emailed the ticket office after the game. Have yet to hear back. So I decided to uh, send an email to our beloved mark harlan today letting him know about hey, my experience hey let me let me give you a little warning don't expect a reply <laughs> I, i'm probably not expecting a reply but i wanted to put it out there to see if or what the response would be i'll report back i hey, if you get a response let's read it on the podcast absolutely i may or may not have also sent an email <laughs> I can't confirm or deny. <laughs> and, and my email wasn't like slamming him like, this sucks. You got to, I, I was polite about it, but said, hey, there's some issues that, you know, need to be brought to your attention and addressed. Oh, and bring the cannon back. <laughs> exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. <laughs> Maybe I'm just going to email him every day until we get the, cannon, the back. cannon back. But, but it's the little things like, I mean. People make mistakes. Someone could have forgot to put my chair backs on, and it's not the end of the world. Somebody could have could have forgotten to order any ticket takers. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody could have forgot to order chicken fingers. Yeah, that's true. Somebody but, could have forgot to take the pretzels out of the fridge. <laughs> I think that happened. But it's when all of those little things start to add up. And nothing's done about yeah. it. It's when it frustrates the fan base. I, you know, typically they they try one new chant, like they try something new. Hey, you fans, this year, right? <laughs> and then it never lasts. And I thought we would see something new this year. Nah, didn't even try it. That I will have. I do. I will say that the way they've altered the moment of loudness yes, yes. to cement I, it as a, as a as a thing i liked that well and i liked i liked how they did it i it was some focus on those guys but it wasn't just the the ty jordan and aaron low moment right mm-hmm. it was kind of encompassing more of all ute players who have passed on mm-hmm. And just kind of a, a a cool symbolism of what Utah football is all about, and yeah, and that was done right, and that was done really well, yeah. So except for they forgot to turn on Whittingham's audio, <laughs> we could only read it on the screen. Now, how cool would that be? While that's going on, we got the that big old drum at the fifty yard line. Someone just hammering on that Gosh. thing. Bring back the drums. Bring back the drums. Bring back the drums. No, 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 no. You, the people want it, Mister Harlan. All right, before before we wrap up talking about the stadium, I I do want to say there was one beautiful addition to the stadium. Yes, there was. Although the, it was, I mean, I, again, I'm not trying to be super nitpicky, but. Of course, leave it. To, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Sorry, I'm jumping the gun. You finish. No. You finish. There is the banner for the 
Pac-12 championship. Which was awesome. It was, it, And it looks good. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they've stuck it dead <laughs> right. <laughs> so they can fill it in oh. as more championships are won. So we're going to go backwards? <laughs> but, but, but we don't read backwards. Why are you putting it on the dead... Okay. Right side. Now, now that you say that, it is kind of a weird placement. I mean, that's like they put it on the Fox News location <laughs> of the stadium, <laughs> far right. No, I, I will it, agree. Is, now that you bring that up, it is kind of a weird placement. Is it one of those where you can kind of like unscrew the edges and slide it? Because <laughs> they need somebody to slide it more towards like the middle or something. Dead right. Yeah. Middle or all the way to the left makes more sense. Yeah. So you can fill in as you get more of them. I thought, well, why why don't we have our Mountain West? I mean, I know we're not in the Mountain West anymore, but it's still part of Utah football. Why don't you throw those up there? Those titles. Throw all the titles up there. 2008 national champions, thanks to, uh, who was it again? The AP. No, it wasn't no, the, the AP. AP. It, it was, was like uh, the Harris Poll or something. It wasn't even the Harris Poll. It was like some internet site nobody's ever heard of, but... <laughs> But throw that up there. Heck, BYU's claiming crap. There's, they claim 1984. Put it up a banner that says 2008 National Champs, and in the bottom right corner in tiny print, according to forward forward slash. Oh my gosh. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm Googling on live. It was declared... That Utah was national champions in 2008 by Anderson and Hester. <laughs> That's a Sounds like office. an accounting firm for the, for the Emmys. Who's Anderson and Hester, you ask? Well, they're a mathematical system for ranking collegiate American football teams based on performance. They've been around for over 40 years. That, I mean, I don't know if you get more legit than that. <laughs> they need to add it to the banner. A, uh, these guys should replace the AP. There's not room now because they put it on the far right. <laughs> so we need to make room for that banner. Ryan, let's here get the computer out. Let's just start a new email to Harlan. <laughs> what should T- it say? Title it. Hang more banners. <laughs> Positional banner. <laughs> like position position mastery, like Bronco used to talk about. <laughs> Let me follow up on my earlier email with one more thing. Your banner placement is poor. By the way, <laughs> whose idea was it to put it on the far right? So, any other nitpicks? <laughs> I think I covered all mine. Or should we get to the positive part of the day? Talk a little Utah football. All right, we'll get into it. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll look at the Utes win over southern utah and this uh this next commercial is brought to you by anderson and hester another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, Utah gets the big victory over Southern Utah, 73 to 7. Big 70. Well, should we review our predictions for uh, scoring predictions? <laughs> they hit my game? prediction uh, early third quarter. <laughs> I predicted 70 to 3. What's 7 plus 3? 73. <laughs> Boom. I did I I was like what 41 to 10, but only because it seemed like you in just past, don't have faith in the camera. I was just mad that we were picking last week. That's oh. that is true. <laughs> no. Yes, that you did it out of spite. No. It was 
I'm surprised because, you even had the Utes winning. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was because in years past, it seems like against FCS schools, they hold a lot back. And as soon as they get any sort of lead, they just shut it down completely. That may be true until you start the game with an onside kick. <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't upset Kyle Winningham. Did this guy not watch Wyoming of circa like what was that, two thousand five? Yeah, you don't you don't get Whittingham mad. Otherwise, you end up on the wrong side of seventy-three to seven. <laughs> what an absolute beat down! And you know, I was today. I was thinking about it, and what can Utah really get out of a victory like that? Um, they can drop they drop balls. <laughs> <laughs> good, good point. <laughs> but like, well, I guess it could be worse. You could be Utah State. That is true. <laughs> uh, but no, we really like at this team, and I think the things that we were concerned about that we talked about against Florida. Uh, things looked better, and granted, competition isn't the same. But I don't things know. like like Florida t- looked pretty nasty this weekend. <laughs> but like tackling on defense looked a lot better. Pressure on the on the quarterback was a lot better, and I know it's hard to compare that. It's like apples to oranges, but it's just like those little things. The technique that we wanted to see. Uh, against Florida, we did see it against SUU, and it was good for guys like Lander Barton, who, you know, still a true freshman, getting a lot of reps. The more reps he can get, the better it's for him, and then getting the twos and the threes, getting them, what, 30-plus reps. It's things like that that you got to take away as the positive. They basically had, like, the, the whole second half was like a spring ball. You know, get the guys reps. See what they can do. Jalen, we finally get to see Jalen Glover, and boy, did he look good. Oh, my goodness. I'm ready I'm ready to see Tavion on the bench. No hot take. <laughs> it just needs to happen. Tavion did have another fumble. And that's the only reason they put seven on the board. They did have that short field, and then a little mishaps with the, the defense, right? They motioned with a running back out, so linebackers went out with them, left the field wide open middle of the field wide open and they took advantage of it. But it's those little things like that that yeah, it sucks. It's a kind of embarrassing issue you did that to you. But it's actually kind of a good thing because a lot of the young guys, that's how they need to learn. Tavion's not lo- young though. He I was talking about putting, the defense. I, I was talking about I the know, defense. Tavion right. just needs to put the ball in his arm. Dude dude's dude's huge. He's strong. Why does he why can he not protect the ball? This is what happened last year. He was he was hugely responsible for that BYU loss, early fumbles, and he did it against. I believe he he did it against San Diego State. He did, he did. Well. yeah. And I mean, at some point, dude, if you can't hold on to the ball, Kyle Whittingham. What do you know about Kyle Whittingham? Does not accept that. Normally, would bench dudes. He took Tavion out for one play. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Send a message to the guy. He was asked about that at the press conference today, and he said, unless it becomes a big problem. Oh, so it's not a big problem? That's what I wanted to say. So you just rattled off two games, three games last year. It's been a problem. It's been a a problem again, two games again this year. And And it was, I mean, obviously, in this game, it didn't matter, right? But against a good team like Florida, it did matter. And against, who knows, future games on the schedule. If and, and quite honestly, granted, I'm not pretending like I know what's going on in practice or I can evaluate like these coaches can. But between the 20s, I don't think he's our best running back. Chris Curry, I know he doesn't have a ton of carries under his belt, but he looks good. Super impressed with Chris Curry. Last yeah. Saturday, I mean, gets his I, first touchdown of his collegiate career. It was a great to see. I didn't see. I didn't think he would be a factor at all this season, mm-hmm. but he's come out and he's looked really good. He's got some moves. He's got some burst, and that's the thing with Tavion. He's got no burst. He doesn't make guys miss, and he doesn't even run over a lot of guys. And he's he's good. He's good in uh, around the goal line and in the red zone. But outside of that. I would love to see Glover. Glover's making guys miss in the backfield. Glover's a lot faster than I thought he was. He's got speed. He's got he's burst. And he's, too. And how big he is. He, he, he's he got the Zach Moss, Ty Jordan factor going on. I like it. No, he's he's good. And I mean, I know it's not going to happen. Kyle's 
he's going to ride with Tavion unless he just keeps fumbling. But I'm just not convinced Tavion's the best running back on the team right no, now. Well, I think Bernard is actually a think, more well-rounded because he, he blocks. He's the best blocker catch of the whole out group. Of the out, and he's the got the best hands out of the backfield. Uh, and I think he's seen out of the group. I, I honestly think that Bernard is the fastest of all of them. Yeah, he's he's good. It's just he 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 doesn't show a lot between the tackles, right? He's good on the edge. Yeah. He's good in the pass game. He's, he's, he's good, good at out screen. In space. Yeah, but he he just at least to this point doesn't mean he can't turn into that guy. But to this point, he just hasn't shown a lot of being able to run well between the tackles. Well, maybe that's the evolution of him because because if he could be that guy. He'd be your number one at this point because he's so re- he's so reliable in every other aspect of the position. It's just getting those yards up the middle and 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 being able to do so consistently. And granted, I mean, let's be honest, it's a great problem to have. I mean, I mean, Tavion's all pack twelve last year. I mean, broke uh, broke a single season record for touchdowns. Um, and then we see we've got this young, exciting guy in Jalen Glover, and then Chris Curry, who we thought probably was going to transfer or would never see the field, and all of a sudden he's producing. I mean, that's that's just how fortunate this program is currently yeah. to have so much depth and so much talent at that position where you can almost outshine Tavion. Well, and I think it just kind of shows the evolution of this program over time and the recruiting, how, you know, they could match up with the ones against other teams, but now it's your twos and your threes are, are, are better than who you're playing against. And I think the running back room is a prime example of that. Uh, I know one other area that we you know kind of harped on uh, in the Florida game, wanted to see a little bit more, uh, the, the play out of the wide receivers. And I got to be honest with you guys. Do we I, have wide receivers? I don't like... The we message. didn't in the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the message that's coming out of the coaching staff, if I'm being honest with you. Lay it I, on us, I, I don't like that the message is turning into, well, the wide receivers need to go to Cam and start demanding the ball. So so Kyle Whittingham, from what, I didn't hear all of the pressure today, but what I did hear, Kyle Whittingham did say that essentially we're going to f- continue to focus on on the tight ends because they're so productive. And if the wide receivers want to get more involved, they've got to stop being, I think he used the word, the phrase, gloved up. I guess that means covered. Yeah, he, I think, yes, that's the word he used. And I, I think he was saying that they ha- the receivers have not been gloved up, but they need to do a better job of making themselves or getting open so that they can be thrown to. And, 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 and. To to an extent, that's probably there's a lot of truth to that, right? But if said quarterback is never looking that direction, it doesn't matter if they're open or not. They're not even giving themselves much of a chance. Well, see, my whole thing is yes, like the tight ends are are your best players on offense. I'm not going to deny that. What you have to give them the ball, but as we talked about last week, you have to get that you have to get the ball around, or teams are going to just focus in on those two and then. You're screwed. And I went back and I I watched the game twice. And so many times the the wide receivers were open 10 yards past where the tight ends were. And he was still focusing straight on the tight ends. Never even looking at Solomon Enos. Never looking at Vele. And it got better as the game progressed. Well, do, do you know, that's do you like know the, when it the changed? Step. It changed in the second quarter, right? Because that first quarter, yeah, they went and scored on that first drive, but they did not, that whole first quarter did not look really great offensively. No. And it wasn't until the second quarter when they started throwing beyond five yards past the line of scrimmage, Mm -hmm. spread out the field, they were throwing second level, they were throwing and utilizing the entirety of the field, and all of a sudden, the offense exploded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even, even even if it's a streaking Keithy, that stretches the field. If it doesn't, if it's not a wide receiver. So be it. But yeah, all of these short little routes you can't continue to do. And there, there's a place for those. I mean, when it's third and five, that little seven yard hitch from the tight ends is pretty consistent. 
right? And and, and those guys are sure-handed. So there's definitely you're you're not you don't want to abandon that, and they're not obviously not going to. But and Kyle alluded to this today. If the off if the wide receivers can start playing at a higher level, this offense will take another step. But see, that's my whole point: is you have to give them the opportunity to play at a higher level. I agree, and that's why I don't like this whole concept of well, if you don't get the ball, you need to go to complain to Cam about it. I don't like that. I think as a coaching staff, you need to teach Cam, hey, these are the reads you're missing. The guy's open. Like Those are, the, I think, the more teachable moments than just having your wide receivers come and create drama by demanding the ball. For sure. And, and, and realistically, if Utah wants to get where they want to, which is the playoff, or at bare minimum, play for another conference title, USC is looking pretty good. They're going to have to score points. And yes, they're going to be able with with the offense as it currently stands. But as this season progresses, you're going to have to be more dynamic. You're going to have to be more creative. And they're going to, right? They're, they haven't opened up the playbook yet. They're, they're being pretty vanilla. But with that being said, I just... I'm. I'm. I guess I'm just a little surprised at how Cam is a is just kind of through these first few games. He's a one read guy. Yeah, he's been staring a lot of guys down. And I wonder if that's a product of the tight ends being so good that he doesn't have to look elsewhere yeah. because they're most of the time they're open. Yeah, that that's that's a great point. And and again, like it's a great problem to have that your tight ends are that phenomenal, and you have two of them that are NFL caliber players. Um, so I'm not trying to come on here and on, on rip on them because honestly, you need Keithy, you need Kincaid uh, to lead this team in receptions and touchdowns in, in, in yards. I just think as for the offense to, to get better and to, to go where this team wants to go, you need to get all 11 guys engaged. Uh, yeah. I, I think we're just hoping for an evolution of the offense, yeah. right? And game over game, we start seeing a little bit more where there's there is creativity in the play calling. There is utilizing. I mean, Money Parks when the ball was thrown to him in this game, I know he's going up against Southern Utah, and he's probably going up against Southern Utah's second string. But the dude, everything that was thrown to him, he caught. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even Whittingham called him out for having a great game too. You know, so let's utilize this guy in a game and 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 see if see how far. To another level, this offense can go with utilizing all 11 guys on the field. What do you guys think of the wide receiver sweeps? I think they did it with a couple different guys in there. Gilmore. Uh, Gilmore. I think Money Parks had one. Uh, Dixon. Dixon had one. Yeah, I mean, they didn't go for, you know, huge yardage, but I think on two of them, they moved the chains. And uh, at the very least, it just it, it keeps defenses honest, right? Mm-hmm. So no, I th- I think I think you're going to continue to see that Gil that I mean that's going to be Gilmore's I think bread and butter. He's going to be like Dixon whenever whenever Dixon gets in, what does he do? He goes deep. <laughs> whenever Gilmore is in, he's going to be running the sweep. <laughs> the sweep. Uh, moving over to the the quarterbacks, uh, we talked a little bit about Cam Rising. Uh, Bryson Barnes went six of six for ninety eight yards. Really looked like how he did in the Rose Bowl. A lot of people were counting Barnes out uh, when he got onto campus. You know, as a walk-on, would he stick as a quarterback? Would they move him to a different position? Would they move him to safety? And I, I really like him. I don't know if he's ever going to be a starter for Utah, but I think he's going to be a very serviceable backup for the Utes. Yeah, I like him. I every time his number's called, he goes in there and produces. I mean, he's six for six on the night. I mean, he doesn't have like a cannon, right? He, yeah. He he kind of he kind of seems like a a Ron McBride type quarterback. You know, like I like that. I and like that. Smart enough to run the offense. Just like not, yeah, I'm like not, he doesn't make not a ton overly of athletic. Doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Just plays within the system. He doesn't have a cannon of an arm, but he he goes out there and and he can produce and he's effective and and I mean I think. That's that's kind of what you want out of a backup. If you have to have somebody, you want somebody that's steady that can go in and and you know not make the critical mistake. 
And then to round out the quarterbacks, we did see Jaquin and Jackson get in, but I don't think he had an attempt. I think he just just some rushing, just some throws. rushing, a little bit faster than I than I remember. Um, and hopefully, as the season moves on, they can do some packages, get him in there, play a little wildcat for him, because um, I think that that can be uh, another weapon uh, that this team can use as down the road. All right, let's swing over and talk about defense. Uh, before we do that, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so the defense played much better uh, this week compared to Florida. Again, apples and oranges with, with the level of talent. You know, I think the front seven still, for me, some question marks there. Uh, A lot of question them. marks. They, Miki did have the pick, so that was cool to see. No, no Miki to, caused the pick. It was Tafuna. No, Miki's, you know what? Going into this year... Van is probably the most disappointing player through two games. The other three defensive ends have made more plays than he has. Connors made plays. Miki's play, made plays. And, Jonah Ellis. And, and Ellis was pretty good in that game. Yeah. Again, th- they're not creating a ton of pressure and getting a lot of sacks yet, but they, they are still making some plays. And, I mean, granted, all those guys are pretty young. Um, I mean, Van Van's pretty young still, too. But I I'm I'm kind of flabbergasted that we're getting nothing out of Van so far. I definitely agree with you, Scott. I think I think the front seven is going to be the biggest question mark uh, for Utah. And, and rightfully so. I think their secondary is way more experienced, more depth there, and more proven depth. This defense, I think, is really going to ride and die with that front seven. The, the, the concern that I have is... That defensive line should have absolutely teed off against Southern Utah. Mm-hmm. You're bigger, you're faster, you're more talented. And the fact that we were not living in the backfield does concern me when we're going up against better competition. And and obviously we saw what that defensive line did against Florida. Not good, Bob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How quickly, because just like every Utah defense, they get better as the season goes on. The question is, question is, how quickly are they going to get better? Because I thought, I mean, I think we all thought this was going to be a strength of the defense was that defensive line. Definitely. And, and it still could be with time. I'm just not, I'm just not so sure it's going to be all that quick. Well, and and now Diabate is injured, and we don't know to what extent he left that game. And it's not season-ending, but he could be out against San Diego State, which gives more reps to Barton, which could maybe gives us a little sight at Medlock. Um, and we're gonna—I mean, we're young, man. We're young at that uh, that linebacker. But Diabate is the guy with experience, and now you've lost potentially, at least for a game. Um, lost some of that experience. So these these guys are going to have to grow up fast. I think the thing that that bothers me the most is, or concerns me the most is the you know how undersized they are in the interior of the defensive line. They're just not creating. They're, they're just not as big as what I mean. We're used to guys like Starlo Tulele and Lecky Fotu who could just do whatever they wanted to those offensive linemen. These guys aren't that. Well, I mean, Junior Tafuna is 6'3", 300. I mean, he's no small dude. Defensive freshman of the year. And so, I mean, I don't know I don't know that size is our issue right now. It, it seems to be that uh, they're just not producing. And whether whether that comes down to more of an issue as far as gap assignments, and they're just not doing what they're not being disciplined in 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 their gap protections, I don't know. But 
I'm just really surprised at the lack of production we're getting from from this defensive line. And I say, I wonder if I, I wonder if they start making some changes. Maybe after during San Diego State or after San Diego State, if they're still not seeing that productive, you know, maybe they start utilizing a guy like Kafusi a little bit more. You know, a guy that has a lot of experience. You know, both down the team down south and at Utah, he's played a lot of reps. You know, maybe they make changes like that. Try to energize that front seven because uh, through two games, it really has not looked good. I mean, you you look across this roster at uh, at the talent defensive tackle, and I mean, Aliki Viamahe, who who came on strong last year, just like Junior Tafuna, and I have not seen him, so I don't know if he's injured. But the guy was producing the second half of the season last year. So the fact that, that he, I mean, he's a guy that I think could really help this team. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but you've, we've got to start seeing some growth at the at the, this defensive line. I've got nothing else on the defense, but, but let's address the elephant in the room. Two out-of-bounds kickoffs by our 30-year-old kicker from England. Wait, he's 30? Nobody told me he had a 30-year-old kicker. <laughs> I agree. I think there needs to be a story about this. <laughs> but what's the deal? What's the deal with Sharif Shah's special teams? That's been the only blemish so far. And I'm kind of, I mean, I'm joking to a certain extent because it didn't come back to haunt us. But in a big game, that could be a problem, giving a good team the ball on the 40-yard line. Well, and they were not ready for any sort of onside kick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't the only blemish. If, even, even watching it a second time, in person, I was like, nobody reacted. And that whole front line on kickoffs, they, they didn't do anything. No, well, they, the ball got touched and then just kind of like rolled around and they just stood there like, what do we do? And seeing it live, I was like, oh, that's not even close to 10 yards. What are they doing? Oh, it was, Watching it on TV? I'm kind of I surprised. Think it, I, I think it would have uh, called it a, like illegal on, on the field. I don't think they had enough to overturn it. I, th- I think if we had been playing anybody with a pulse, they would have given it to the other team. No, I mean, I seriously, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're not going to do this to Utah. It's Utah's ball. I mean, that's how it felt. When you look at the replay, it sure looked like it went 10 yards. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was still in line trying to get in the stadium <laughs> when that happened. And Mark Harlan, we're back. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Special teams. I mean, they really have been. I mean, kicking field goals, they've been perfect. Punting. I, I will say one of the punts he was a little slow getting it off, and it got pretty close to mm-hmm. uh, getting the hand that hand in there. But um, yeah, I don't know. Again, you know, all these problems would be solved if we just kicked the ball out of the back of the end zone, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't like Kyle's, but the analytics love say about right in front of the goal line. Yeah, the analytics like said to go for two at the in the third quarter against Florida. How'd that turn out? Still the right decision. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, I'll do and it for your burner account who agrees with you. <laughs> that'll do it for our thoughts on this Southern Utah game. Uh, Utah takes on San Diego State, the revenge game. A team that beat Utah last year, but really set the Utes up for their run for the Pac 12 championship. Charlie Brewer's last game as a Ute. We got Cam Rising in the game and solidified as the starter move forward. But you look, think about that game. You go back to that game. The offensive line was just terrible. That was the game where we everyone was chanting for Harding to get let go. A lot of changes on the offensive line after that. And then again, the quarterback change. Uh, but in that game, it was San Diego State was just in the backfield. The entire game, the difference right there. So now looking at this year, San Diego State, you know, they come in. One on one, they lose their first game against Arizona, where they allowed 38 points by Arizona. When Arizona's better than what they have been, but to allow Arizona to score 38 points on you is not good. And then last week, uh, they beat Idaho State 38 to 7. With the San Diego State team, 
Yeah, I think they they love to run the ball. Uh, I think they're like 60-40 run pass. Um, and that does make me a little homework. Yeah, I try, but that does make me a little nervous because of what we're talking about. The front seven on D de- or the front seven for Utah's defense hasn't been that great against you know, against the rush, and that's what San Diego State loves to do. But how are you guys feeling? Are are you confident that Utah can figure this out against a, a former Mountain West opponent? Yeah, I no, I think I think they'll be fine. Um, Utah's going to win. They're going to cover. The question is, yeah, what is San Diego San Diego State going to be able to do in the run game? Because if you remember last year, they didn't do much in the passing game, and they still beat us. Mm-hmm. They ran it down our throats, mm-hmm. and they had long drives, and I believe they even uh, won time of possession last last year in that game. And so, yeah, I mean it's it's going to be it's going to be a good test. It's probably going to be. Um, a, a good barometer to see has this defensive line progressed since Florida? Are we seeing improvements since Florida? And yeah, I mean, if not, yeah, going back to your point, Cam, we may see some change in personnel just due to the fact of this isn't working. Let's find some guys that can get the job done. But ultimately, with that being said, I mean, I, th- I think Utah's going to have a fairly easy time. Our offense is drastically better than it was last year in this 100%. game. Our offensive line is drastically better than last year. And, and special teams is better, right? Even though, mm, we'll even see. though you know, still gives me the the shakes every time they trot out there. Um, no, I mean, I, I just don't see this game being close. San Diego State's not as good as they were a year ago. We're drastically better than we were a year ago, and it's at home. A good test. I think the best test is going to see how our D-line stacks up. Outside of that, I just don't see any challenge, really. I'd agree. I mean, Brady Hoke's been around a while. He's going to find ways to um, try to you know, exploit what he sees as weaknesses. And we know there's some weaknesses in that front seven. So I think this will be a good test for him. Plus, I don't think Kyle and the Utes appreciated how much they celebrated on that victory last oh, I, year. I guarantee you this, they're going to cover the spread and then some. Yeah. I think Utah wins by, by three plus scores minimum. So the game's at eight o'clock. Freaking stoked to get into Rice Eccles Stadium at a night. night game, baby. I know Kyle likes the early kickoffs. I, I don't care what Kyle them. wants. I like the night games. The fans love the night games. It's a better environment. It just is. And, and it's 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 better pregame. Typically fans are in the, the stadium's packed for late games. I mean, they've right? been out in the parking lots drinking since eight AM. <laughs> I mean, that's a good twelve hours of drinking. But I mean, just just in general, right? High or uh, youth football, youth soccer, baseball, all the youth sports mm-hmm. that draw parents out during the day is not an issue at eight o'clock at night. So it's just it's just a great environment, and I love September eight o'clock games because it's warm, it's a perfect temperature, and uh, um, no, I'm it's it's going to be great. I think Utes win, Utes win big, and I, I think at the very least with the Utes dropping like they did in the pool. In the polls, after that huge win last week against Southern Utah, I think matching that with just revenge against San Diego State, I think I think they roll and they put on a show. So before we wrap this up, I want to get your guys' opinion or your thoughts on the polls. For me, I, it I don't really care that Utah dropped a, a spot. Um, in reality, I actually kind of like it because uh, I think Utah does better. When they are an underdog, when they are, you know, kind of counted out uh, by the national uh, media, by by the national naysayers, I think that's what Winningham loves is the kind of that chip on their shoulder. So, kind of getting dis, um, disrespected by by dropping after a huge win, I, I kind of like it. But where are you guys sitting on the on the polls situation? I was honestly surprised that we dropped given the number of teams that lost in front of us. But I think what it came down to was everyone was high on Florida after they beat us and then Florida laid an egg and that hurt us. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's definitely kind of like a bummer, but it really doesn't mean much. It's so early, and Utah's well within striking range of where they need to get to. If they keep winning, they're going to be just fine when the, in in the pools. But it, it, I mean, it is what it is. The the problem with the polls is there's just so much inconsistency, right? Miami, we lose to Florida. Miami doesn't jump us. We beat Southern Utah by 66 points. Miami jumps us. I mean, and 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 then you see Oregon goes from 11 in in week number one to out of the outside the top 25. Notre Dame loses to an unranked Marshall. They stay in the top 25. Yeah, and you have teams like uh, Washington State who beats Wisconsin on the road. Even, on the road, not even sniffing it. I mean, Marshall's two and zero. They go, they go into Notre Dame and beat Notre Dame, and they're still not ranked. I mean, there's just so much inconsistency with these AP voters that I mean, it's unless you're a blue blood, it's it's anybody's guess as far as what's going to happen. But well, and let, at the end of the day, it's just not a big deal. No, it's not. But let I mean, the media is pushing so hard to get USC relevant again, keep moving them up after really two wins that are against nobody. Stanford's nobody and Rice is nobody. And, and now they, they're up to seven. Which yeah. which only helps us when October fifteenth rolls around. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, it is what it is. It's 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 not a big deal. But uh the craziness of college football, I mean that was just a crazy week that it just kind of put everything in chaos a little bit. Uh, Sun Belt definitely had a great weekend. It was Fun college. That's the only good thing about early games for Utah is you're able to watch um, a lot of college football in the evening. Uh, so as we wrap up this episode, uh, Utah takes on San Diego State right now. They are a 21 point favorite. Scott, we'll start with you. Who do you got, and what's your score? Well, I think the Utes win big. I think I think you're going to see a score somewhere in the range of about 48 to 17 for the Utes. Ryan, where are you going? I go. I'm also going big on the Utes. I'm going 52 to 21. Well, I'm like you guys. I think Utah covers uh, this game definitely. And I got Utah 41, San Diego State 10. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? You can find me at Uteman underscore forever. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Utah Man Podcast at our home, UtahManPodcast.com. And you can catch us anywhere you listen to a podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We are there. And hopefully Utah gets a massive win over San Diego State. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be till I die. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.